Right. So, Estonia. You've got the dock open. I just got to get the dock open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> up. We've been sat here for an hour, you don't have the document open. <laughs> now I <laughs> So, Estonia. Where is Estonia? Estonia is in Northern Europe, in the Baltics. It's just like... Part three of the Baltic trilogy. Oh, of course, this is this is the finale. Mm-hmm. The grand fin- oh, this is the one where there's the story that ties it all together, isn't there? Yes, literally, literally yeah. threads all these countries together. Nice a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> How is it? Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, that's a good storytelling, Scott. Cool. Estonia uh, has Russia to the east, Latvia to the south. And Finland to the north, across the Gulf of Finland, which is on the Baltic Sea. Basically, it's the tippity top of the Baltics. Yep. Because there are a column of three countries. We've had Latvia. We started in the middle, mm-hmm. then went down to Lithuania, yep. and up to Estonia. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, and then Finland's over the Gulf of Finland, like you just said. Estonia is like a uh, a cool episode for me to do. Yeah? Yeah, because I've got um, some Estonian heritage. So, it's pretty oh. cool. My great-grandmother was Estonian. Oh, fair play. So, one sixteenth, is that? I is f- it one sixteenth? It's one eight. One sixteenth. Great, great. What was it? Great. It was just great, not great. two greats. Just one great. So, that's... Well, your mum would be half, your gran would be quarter, and your gran's gran, great-gran, would be eight. It was great, grand, then one eighth. So you're one eighth Estonian. Yes. Nice. Yes, I am. Although I've never been there. Oh. <laughs> Do you, does that give you any extra rights? I reckon you should have extra rights for that. You should be able to like just go and settle there. Yeah, like I can go there and like still be part of the EU. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh. It's all part of the free movement of people. And, uh, if I could go claim some Estonian citizenship and then, like, be part of the EU. Could you imagine how much of a left turn it would be if it turned out that some, like, ancestor of yours that's still in Estonia had an account that was, like, part of some inheritance that ended up getting transferred to you? <laughs> and you just had a house in Estonia. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Estonia's a cool place. It would be great. But, like, could you even live there? What do you mean? Well, like, immigration policy and whatnot. If you if you owned a place, technically owned a place in Estonia, could you even live there? I know. I would have. How does that work? Even in, even if, like, in America. I've gone off topic already. Let's just ditch that. Um, <laughs> where does the name Estonia come from? <laughs> I just want to talk about um, where... My my grandmother came from. So, my grandmother came from a town called Payusi, which is in like sort of rural central Estonia, but kind of like a rural area. Oh, right. And then, um, when she was like in her late teens, she moved to Tallinn, and then after World War Two, um, to sort of escape the Soviets and all that, she uh got on like a German boat and went to Germany. And was in like a sort of like refugee camp, and then made her way to England. That's pretty badass, to be fair. But yeah, so Estonia, Estonia's name. Yeah, where does Estonia's name come from? The name Estonia comes from the Esti people, which were a tribe that lived in the area. However, there are some huge differences between the name and the modern Estonians. So the Estes were. Baltic, but modern Estonians are more Finnic. So that modern Estonians would have come from a separate tribe, but they still have the name for the Esti tribe. So does Finland also come from this name? Finland, we where does Finland come from? We did yeah, Finland comes from the Finn people, don't it? We did that in the episode. Uh, of course, of course, we did. We've done an episode of Finland, haven't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I completely forgot. They're all about the fish there, aren't they? <laughs> Were they? Are they? <laughs> yes, they are. Sure, they are. 
That was a fish in the Finland episode. Was it not? No, we were talking about reindeers, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah, Lapland. That's the one with Lapland. Alright. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just... <laughs> he was in that episode. And you, don't even know. you have no excuse. I see you really like retain the information for these episodes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, it's basically it's um, where another lot of the Baltic people have come from. Uh, Tallinn is the is Tallinn the capital city. Tallinn is the capital city. The name Tallinn is thought to come from Old Estonian, uh, Tanilin, meaning Danish town or castle. As the, there's a castle there, and the town slash city was built by the Danish. Some people say it may actually mean winter town or castle. Because Estonia gets very like snowy in the winter because it's quite far north. Makes sense. I mean, um, just look at Finland. Yeah, the capital Tallinn is in the northwest of the country on the Gulf of Finland. The first written mention Ah, of Tallinn was in 1219 and it received city rights in 1248. Now, Tallinn is a really cool-looking city, so Tallinn looks like a really, like, cool medieval-style-looking city. Uh, yeah, this is a theme of the Baltics, isn't it? It's got the old, sort of, um, what's the word for it? Like, Renaissance-type buildings. (laughs) Well, not... Tallinn doesn't look very Renaissance, but yeah, that type of thing. Um, what does city rights mean? You said it got city rights in 1248. Yeah... It just means they're, like, treated as an actual city, I guess. Oh, right. And not just some sort of, like, settlement or, like, farmstead. Yeah. In a city today, though, uh, public transport is free. That's good. I like that. That's cool. And do you know much about, like, Italian or Estonia? So tell, like, about their technology. No. I know that, generally speaking, um, they have good internet in sort of that area. Oh, yeah, they have great internet in Estonia. You yeah. can get, like, Wi-Fi anywhere. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you can get, like, signal anywhere, like, internet anywhere. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I don't know much more than that. Oh, so they're, like, very uh, technologically savvy. Um, okay. A lot of startups are in Tallinn. Um, Estonia has been called, like, the Silicon Valley of Europe. That's interesting. Uh, I, I actually know, to be fair, that does count as different now. Because um, I've always heard that the Silicon Valley of uh, Europe is the M4 corridor. Like going from Reading to London and just sort of all of the cities and towns along that sort of stretch. Wow. A tech company or a thing that started in Estonia was Skype. Makes sense. So it's pretty cool. Probably had something to do with Hotmail as well. Oh, maybe they, they they might have been the ones that started Hotmail that then was bought out by, um, bought out by Microsoft. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I still think we should go on a massive road trip, the Baltics road trip. We can end in your ancestral hometown. <laughs> Start down in uh, Lithuania. Yeah. It's like honestly, mate. It's like twenty five quid to fly to Lithuania. Yeah, so go to Lithuania, backpack up, take the two weeks, walk in eight hours a day. <laughs> we'll get the bus. We can just get the bus. <laughs> walk it, man. We'll walk it's it. It's 16 quid for a bus. Walk it. It's fine. We'll walk it. Um, we'll walk all the way up and then uh, get a... Get a um, I am walking it, mate. We'll get a rowboat and sail back. Because by that point... We'll be, we'll be adventurers. Um, so you've you've told me a few times now that there's a, a big story that links all of the Baltic countries together, and there's a reason why we're doing the trilogy. Yeah. So what was that massive story? Go for it. So it's the story of the Singing Revolution. So the Singing Revolution refers to all the events that happened between 1987. And 1991, it started in a, with Estonia in February uh, the 25th, 1987. 
when the Soviet Union's plans to mine phosphate in Estonia were revealed. Oh, so they were going to... Isn't phosphate, phosphate a, um, a harmful chemical? Uh, that's phosphate. This is phosphorite. I'm pretty sure they're different. Phosphorite's just like a rock. Phosphorite is used for fertilizers. Oh, phosph. Oh, yeah, phosphate is phosphorite. It's the same thing. Yeah, I figured it would be. So it's just phosphate is a processed version of phosphorite, I would, I would imagine. It's used for fertilizing. I've noticed, Scott, whenever we do these episodes right, um,. And we start talking about the country, and it's a good time. We always go downhill as soon as we start bringing science into it. Like, me and you don't know anything about science. Like, every episode, yeah. we're like, what's that? I have no idea. We look up, we get, then we get even more confused. Like, <laughs> All right, we'll do a science ban. <laughs> we're going to do a science ban today. Like, like a lot of the conversations are us just like not understanding science properly, <laughs> or like physics or something like that, and getting like confused. Yeah, no, <laughs> I do see that as well. Um, also, with um, like geology, like what is a country? Yeah, well, that's the thing. We can't be getting geography wrong because we're doing a geography podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Soviet Union's plans to mine phosphorite, phosphorite in Estonia were revealed. The plans were originally hidden from the public, and the mining would bring environmental damage and a predominantly Russian workforce to the country. So the Estonians began to protest. This was now easier due to Mikhail Gorbachev's um, new policy he had implemented called Glasnost, which means openness, so it's a more transparent government that listens to more to the citizens of the Soviet Union and also allows them more freedoms. So right. protesting became allowed. So before this, protesting would have been illegal, and you could only sing Soviet songs. But now you could sing whatever you wanted. Oh, that's so screwy! You could only sing Soviet songs. Oh, before that, yeah, you couldn't sing like national songs for like your country. What about like just pop songs? Well, there'd be Soviet pop stuff on it. I don't know. So you can because you wouldn't get music. Western pop music, would you? It's not like they would have like. Well, no, but you you have music everywhere, like, but they'd have to. They couldn't write their own music. Mm, perhaps they could, but it couldn't be. It wouldn't be allowed to be like against the Soviets. So yeah, it wasn't allowed to be like... or like pro your country. So they couldn't be pro Estonian or. And... Pussy Riot would not have gone over well. <laughs> Do you know Pussy Riot? No. <laughs> Sounds funny then. What? I. <laughs> uh, what is Pussy Riot? They're a they're a like punk rock band in Russia that speak out against Putin. How? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Oh, so they all wear masks. Not all of them. Not all the time. So they're kind of like in these little bar, like. So like little knitted. That's, that's how they fall on stage, but... Slipknot's cuddly, cuddly cousins. Well, they're not cuddly. Are they not? No, I suppose they do they are... balaclavas. It's not just that, though. They are... Um, like I say, they speak out against... It's like activists. It's an activist Riot is group. a Russian feminist pro- protest punk rock performance art group based in Moscow. Eleven women ranging from twenty to thirty-three. The group stage unauthorized provocation of guerrilla performances in public places. Legends. Performances that were filmed as music videos and posted on the internet. The group's lyrical themes include feminism, LGBT rights, and opposition to the Russian president Vladimir Putin and his policies. And Putin's link to the leadership of the Russian Orthodox Church. How dare they? Sorry? I said, how dare they? These evil people's got hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they are genuinely uh, a threat to Russian um, culture. So, some of their um, songs, um, the, my favourite one that I've just seen from quickly looking at it, was, is Putin Zesal, which translates to Putin has pissed himself. <laughs> um, Putin chickened out or Putin got scared 
Oh, okay. Like you're pissed. Like, oh, like you're pissing your pants. Like you're scared. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. They're a very, very cool um, group. Wow. And ridiculously, um, they haven't they been good? killed. Uh, well, I mean, as good as a feminist protest punk rock band could be in Russia. <laughs> but in Russia part makes it so much better because if it was in England or America, we're like, I would never listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> dreadful. But in Russia part makes it... Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. A punk rock protest band in... I mean, you've got... I mean, you could call like... Uh, not the young guns. Who's who's Johnny Rod? Johnny Rod. What the Sex Pistols? The Sex. They were a protest punk rock band. Oh yeah, but like uh, a feminist one would just be. You know, it'd be awful. <laughs> Why would it be awful, Rob? Oh, like, I know, I'm not, I'm not anti-feminism, but you just, you know, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's you know, a certain type of feminist. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, where is there? Go on, Rob, explain. Uh, should we get out to this episode? So, well, you talking about them, I might be taken down, like, the going at Putin, the trial, like, maybe undermine the Russian regime. Yeah, 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 This is what this kind of did. This is the singing revolution. So, Alo Matteson and Yuri uh, Lesment were two Estonians who made a song called No Land Is Alone. The song was a about the bond that all Estonians have and the song was performed by pop stars and was very successful. This sparked a, uh, a, raise, a rise in patriotism across Estonia. In Latvia, the protest, uh, they were protesting the building of a hydroelectrical dam, which also would have caused environmental damage. So right. now we're starting to see that these Baltic nations are all starting to protest. In 1988, Alo Matteson and Yuri Lesmet made the Five Patriot songs. This was at the Tartu Pop Festival, and they modernised um, old folk songs. Okay, so they basically they gave um, Royal Britannia a remix. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing, isn't it? That type of thing. Yeah. In the June of uh, 1988, more songs were debuted at the Tallinn Festival. Afterwards, thousands of Estonians went onto the grounds and sang new songs together. The singing revolution had spread to Lithuania. They would sing their own folk songs and Catholic hymns. At one of these festivals, they displayed a Lithuanian flag. The Soviets tried to remove the flag, but people got in their way to block them. Ooh. Gorbachev thought that if he were to intervene and stop them singing, that would look really bad for the yep. already declining Soviet Union. So one of the reasons Gorbachev passed the Glasnost was because of the Soviet Union was in a massive decline, like economically at that time. Right. So they wanted to like uh sort of stimulate an economic growth and stuff. Uh, and the decline in the Soviet Union didn't really want to just like intervene and stop people from singing. That does look really bad on like the world stage, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they're clinging on to the last vestiges of power. Yeah. In the summer of 1989, the Baltic states united to send a message to the Soviets on the 50th anniversary of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, which was the German-Soviet non-aggression pact. Non-aggression. Yeah, you know when um Stalin and Hitler like agreed to like not fight each other in World War Two right at the start. Oh, that had a name. Fair yeah, enough. and then obviously Hitler went against it. They did this by like yeah. dividing up the Baltic states and Poland amongst themselves. Oh no! So this is why they did it on the anniversary of that they're like, yeah, we'll stick it to him on this. Yeah, this was on the twenty third of August, nineteen eighty nine, and this was called the Baltic Way. Ooh. And this is the part that literally links all these three countries in their revolution. Two million of the eight million people living in the Baltic states peacefully linked hands for 15 minutes for 420 miles through the three countries. Through Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, linking all three capitals, Vilnius, Riga and Tallinn. Well, like a giant line. Yeah. The entire three countries. Yeah. 
That's ridiculous. Quickly Google the Baltic Way. Look at it. It's mad. Holy hell. It's just literally, it's literally millions of people all, all holding hands in it. Yeah, on a giant line. From Vilnius to Tallinn. Man, someone got screwed over in that line. Like, they all probably got, like, a, a plan of, like, where they're going to be. And they're like, oh, you want me to go to the, the border? Great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they come up with the arrangement of where people would stand? You just started all holding hands, you know what I mean? You just went into a line of hard hands. This wouldn't be an arrangement, would it? You would all just go over there and be like, yeah, I'm doing it. Cool. Nah, you don't make a line. There's a line. There's organisation. So yeah, they all linked hands and would sing songs. And um, obviously it's like the longest unbroken human chain in history. Of course. I just think it's crazy, isn't it? Like, you literally linked all three countries by holding hands. We talked about you could walk there, didn't we, in one of the episodes. Yeah. Because you can, there's no borders that you can you can um, walk across them, and apparently you can you can link hands across them as well. So yeah, this showed the world that they were done being oppressed with the Soviets, and inspired singing protests in other Soviet nations, such as Moldova. Sorry, they joined in the protesting as well. Yeah, this inspired other nations in the Soviet Union to like you know we can protest and like be um, nationalistic too so it's inspired like Moldova to start its own singing protests yeah good the Soviets were obviously not happy with this and condemned it Soviet troops killed um, 14 unarmed civilians and injured hundreds more in Lithuania this was a few months after seven months after the Baltic way and the 11th of March 1990 Lithuania became the first country in the Baltics to declare its independence. A few months later, seven uh, Lithuanian servicemen were killed by Soviets. Latvia declared its independence in 21st of August 1991, and Estonia declared it officially on the 20th of August 1991. So it technically went Lithuania, then Estonia, then Latvia. Yes. So it literally travelled up the Baltics, up the column. Lithuania first. Yeah, but then it went to the top, Estonia, and they went to... Uh, Latvia and Estonia were, like, right next to each other, they were, like, the day after, weren't they? Yeah. Latvia. In January of 1991, Latvians put up barricades to stop the Soviets from getting to their parliament building, but they kept trying to break through anyway, killing six people. The Soviets tried to make uh, take control of Estonian radio towers, but were blocked by people forming human shields, preventing them from doing so. After this... Um, later that year the Soviet Union would fall altogether and the revolution was over and the Baltic states had their independence back and Estonia managed to get their independence with zero bloodshed. Nice! That's always the best thing when the, when there's a genuine like peace of resolution. Yeah, so they got their independence by singing and that is the singing revolution and the Baltic way. It's very, it's, it's uh, powerful but also very cute. Yeah, I think it's mad. It is ridiculous, like, seeing all those people sort of linking arms and whatnot. Yeah. Like, you could never organise that with, in the UK. <laughs> no. Because everyone will be drunk, and you can't hold a beer if you're holding hands. British people are just arseholes. Well, yeah, but also, they'd be drunk, and they'd be trying to, like... Fight each other. They'd have to have three hands. Yeah. So they could hold a pint and hold hands. Yeah, it was, um... It's really cool. I'm glad they all got their independence. Yeah. You know how we talked about in the the other two Baltic episodes, Latvia and Lithuania, about their languages, didn't we? Yeah. And we talked about like how Estonia was not um, a Baltic language. Estonian is actually a, sort of a Uralic language, isn't it? Yes, because it was... Um... Oh, I think I remember you saying that... Um... The two, the two non-Indo-European languages were Finland and Estonia. Yeah, turns out distantly Hungary as well. Interesting. Oh, so it's uh, Baltic Finnic. It's a little language, and I take it that most of these languages, aside from Finnish and Estonian, are dead. Yeah, a lot of them are dead, and a lot, uh, and the ones that aren't, oh, you got Hungarian, which is a different branch, but. 
the ones that aren't um, actual Estonian and Finnish will be like small um, sort of dialects more like so not many people speak them just like they right. speak that in, in addition to the actual language like there'll be no nation's language you know what I mean yeah so yeah so Estonian is a Finnic language it is obviously very similar to Finnish in a lot of ways as it's um, a Uralic language Uralic languages are old languages that are not related to the other languages in Europe except Hungarian and are not descendant from Proto-Indo-European. They originate from the Ural mountain range, hence the name Uralic. The most recent common ancestor for Estonian and Finnish was Proto-Finnic, and that was around 2,000 years ago. Right, so... It seems weird to me that the people, like... I don't want to say prehistoric, but, like, the first people in these lands lived in the mountains. No... They don't live in the mountain. Like they came from the the Ural mountain range. Oh, they just thousands of them. years ago. Yeah, remember the they didn't st- live in the mountains and then came down from the mountains. Oh, you know the do you know the Ural mountain range? No, they're in Russia. It's where you people usually put the border, by the way, for Europe. Is it interesting? Yeah. Like because of this and many other cultural reasons, Estonians are wanting to consider themselves Nordic, especially Northern European, not Eastern European. And this is uh, a key thing. Estonians do not like it if you say they're Eastern European. They they like to think of themselves as Northern European. And right, even to like a more extreme extent, they don't want to be considered as Baltic anymore. Well, not everyone, but like. Uh, a lot of people in Estonia would don't want to be considered as Baltic and would prefer to be considered as Nordic now. Okay. So basically, they're, they're tired of um, Latvia and Lithuania. They want that... Um... Not Latvia and Lithuania. They're tired of Russia, and they really don't want to be associated with Russia in any way. Right. Because right. of, like, Soviet occupation and stuff. Like Like, with all the Baltic nations, they were... Before, like before World War One, they were t- uh, taken over by Russia, and then after World War One, they had their freedom, and then at World War Two, they got taken over again by Russia <laughs> until the end of the, the Soviet Union. So they're acting like their national identity is making them more susceptible to Russian invasion. They just don't want anything to do with Russian anything, really. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons they don't want to be associated with Russia, with because of their history of Russia invading them. It's- Estonia, as a nation in general, from what I've heard, are very much in love with Finland. Cute. I wish to be considered, like, I say, like, more like Finland and more, Euro- like, Nordic and Northern European. That's adorable. They got a little crush on Finland. <laughs> yeah, they do. Aww. Yeah, like I say, they have, uh, they have very similar languages. Estonians say that they're not mutually intelligible, though, but Estonians say that they can understand Finns more than Finns can understand Estonians and this is due to Finnish media being more popular in Estonia such as TV and music although this mainly does apply to the older generation as young people tend to just use English as their lingua franca right that's even sweeter like Estonia is trying to like court Finland by being like no we understand you Oh, we gotta ship it. Although words can sound the same in Estonian and Finnish, they often have different meanings. Finnish is a more conservative language, usually trying to create um, new words from the Finnish language and trying to preserve the language, and Estonia has more loan words than other languages. However, this does not mean that Estonians have not tried to do the same and preserve the language and invention new words. Uh, Johannes Akvik was an Estonian philologist in the early of 20th century from 1910 onwards when he graduated. He was a strong advocate for preserving the Estonian language and as such he took to studying languages to invent new words for Estonian instead of relying on lame words. He fled Estonia in 1944 to escape the Soviets. Oh, so he was victimised, was he? Well, just Estonia, the Soviets coming in it. He's like, oh, screw that, I'm, I'm out, <laughs> I'm out. 
That's, that's what my nan did. Like, it's what a great nan did. Same thing. Ah, uh, fair, fair, fair. Around the same time. Like, people were leaving. All right, so diplomat Eric uh, Nilius Cross also suggested changing the country's official name in English and several other foreign languages from Estonia to Estland, which is the country's name in Danish, Dutch, German, Swedish, Norwegian, and many other Germanic languages. That's a sound. I actually kind of like that. I like yeah. that a bit more. Or Estland. Estland rather than Estonia. Estonia. Estland. Yeah, I definitely think Estland is better. Because, like, Estonia does sound a bit Russian. It sounds a bit sort of, um... It sounds Eastern. Estland sounds Northern. I guess, yeah. That's, that's I mean, that's, that's their logic of it. That's what they're thinking. Yep. It does seem, though, that the Nordic countries aren't so inclined to let Estonia join their little club. Um... If, for example, Estonia's not on the Nordic Council, perhaps if they could get on the Nordic Council, it might make them closer to them. But yeah. So, there are, these are the reasons I would say that they could be considered Nordic. They are geographically close in the region. Like, they're literally just across that tiny little bit of strait between them and Finland, isn't it? Yeah. And they are northern, more northern than parts of Norway, Denmark, Sweden. But then, if they let Estonia in or Estland, then they're gonna end up having to let Lithuania in. And that no, way. because of like I don't. First of all, I don't think Lithuania even want to do that. I think they're bothered. Fair enough. But also, like culturally, like Estonia is like they speak a Uralic language, so similar to Finnish, and their culture they are very similar to Finland. Yeah, like um. Finland is to Estonia what Lithuania is to Latvia. I don't think Lithuania and Latvia have that kind of relationship. No, but they have the same, very similar languages. Like, they're like a little pairing. Yeah. So they want to be considered that. What do you reckon? Uh, well, I mean, you introduced it as Estonia is the northernmost country in the Baltics. So I um I have a bias uh, towards saying they're Baltic, and they are, they are the, the Baltic at the moment. They might be Nordic in a couple of years, and they would fit in. They'd fit in anywhere. Yeah. Either one. I have no. I don't really. I don't see. <laughs> I mean, I can see why they would want to be Nordic because being Nordic is awesome. Yeah. I can see, <laughs> I can see where they want to be, Nordic. I, I would, I mean, I want to be there. It's my Estonian blood, Scott. <laughs> I just want to be Nordic, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if they let Britain become Nordic? Lose faith in the Nordic countries. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. God, could you imagine? <laughs> Maybe you could let Scotland in, but it's not England. That's when everyone moves to Scotland, though. <laughs> They've already got like a cramped Edinburgh. They don't need don't need all of us popping up there as well. So there was actually a plan to make Finland and Estonia even more linked than they are. They was mm. going to build a tunnel underneath the Gulf of Finland from Helsinki to Tallinn. The stretch of water is 31 miles wide. There was a company called the Finnish Bay Area Development. They proposed ideas of how to do it. With a 62-mile tunnel linking Helsinki Vanta Airport and Tallinn Airport, this tunnel would be 17 meters wide. And the reason why it's so wide is because the the um, leader of the, the, the company, uh, Peter Vesterbacher, said this. Do you want to read the quote out, Scott? We can put a lot more into the tunnels and it's also part of the future-proofing the whole thing. So tunnels are not built for like 10 years, but for hundreds of years. And who knows what technology will be available in 2050 or something like that. Maybe someone comes up with this mega loop technology, which is like teleportation almost and needs a bit more space. So then we have the space. That's amazing. <laughs> so he's, he's been good of the future, hasn't he? Yeah, 
figure of teleportation. <laughs> I might need teleportation mega loops, so we're going to make it 17 meters wide. Okay. Not not 18 meters. It's not going to need that. Uh, they estimate it to be between so 15 and 20 billion euros and to be finished Jesus. within five years. The excess saw would be used to build islands in the the sea. This would also connect to Rail Baltica, an EU project to connect the Baltic states and Finland to the rest of the EU. The tunnel would turn a two-hour-long ferry ride into a 30-minute train journey. Oh, that's cool. The tunnel would primarily be used for people to commute to work between the two cities, but probably also for Finns to go buy cheap alcohol in Estonia, as they already do that quite frequently. Because, <laughs> um, like... Alcohol is really expensive in Finland, so they just literally hop on a ferry, go buy all their booze in Estonia, and then get the ferry back. Okay, so that's like the best thing. Go to a different country to get your booze for a, like... That would be the same as if we were to go to... uh, Where did I go? France, get our booze, come back. No, it wasn't France. It was down to... um, it's Western Supermare. No, not Western Supermare. What's the other one? Weymouth. If you go down to Weymouth, then there's a Weatherspoons there, which does free refills on Pepsi Max. It'd be like going down there for a night of drinking Pepsi Max. Kinda. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That was the dumbest little tangent ever. <laughs> anyways, so <laughs> this tunnel, they use it to... So the the Finns are already like getting pissed on Estonian booze. Yeah, already. So if they did it, it'd be the longest undersea tunnel in the world. Really? Yeah. So they're further away than we are in France. Yeah, I assume so. The Channel Tunnel's like thirty-one meters. Really? I swear these these places are a lot closer than I ever think they are. <laughs> you think things are like miles away? How how far away? Like if you were to tunnel from uh, Canada to or Alaska to Russia, how long would that tunnel be? Oh, uh, we kind of done this like three times now, Scott. <laughs> you just love it so much, don't you? I'm just saying it must be like quite a short tunnel. So the Bering Strait Bridge. Two officials have not signed off on that other been studies of mine. Or 58 miles of icy water that divides the eastern... Yeah, so 58 miles. So this is less than that, isn't it? Ah, uh, this would be 60-something miles. Oh, so, so it is feasible. This is the tunnel would be that long. The tunnel, because the tra- well, this is like the whole train track, because it would start at the airports. Right. It'd link the airports together. Oh, I see. The actual see. gulf is like 30-something mi- miles. Right, okay. I kind of... Uh, how long's the actual got? 31 miles. But the thing you're talking about, like, they thought about it, like, because they were thinking about, they, like, it's often an idea that, like, it's done for fun, but, like, 58 miles with the art of ice water, they thought about building a bridge, because you can actually link them, because there's two little islands in the middle, isn't there? Like, the uh, Diomede, right. there's a Diomede Islands in between Alaska and Russia. So yeah. You could, like, build a bridge from, what, like, Alaska to the island, to the second island, to Russia. But 58 miles really isn't that long, is it? No. Not at all. However, unfortunately, Scott, officials believe that it fails to meet adequate feasible uh, feasibility studies and it's too optimistic and it's been denied. There's a oh. Chinese company willing to help back it financially, but people have been sceptical of that for obvious reasons. Because they want to sneak stuff into it. And it still has a lot of support, though, and the EU have said that they will put some money into it if they do it as well. Well, that's quite nice. Yeah, because then it can connect Finland to the rest of Europe via train, which would be quite useful. Yeah. It's a shame that the uh, feasibility studies are too optimistic. I, I don't think it very, really very is. I know, when I watched a video on it, and it just uh, it looked like, like, yeah, this could happen. Well, it's probably just on the line then. Yeah. It's one of those things though, where like, I guess the governments are kind of like, do we really need to do this? Because it is expensive. <laughs> Would you rather have this or a massive tax cut? Or a health service that works? I mean, yeah, but Finland's already got all that, doesn't it? So. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So we have an email set up now. Um, feedback at robsmat.co.uk. So if you do want to just send us um, some thoughts and feedback on the show, you can do. The links for it will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Right. You know what time it is? Yes. It's time for the favourite segment. Uh-huh. It's time for the flag. Oh, I remember you showing me this. Yes, yes. Ages ago. Yeah. And so we've already talked about this flag. We already know it's a absolute win. Uh, very, very good. We talked about off-air, though. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm just saying, like, so that we're not, like, misleading the people into thinking we're reacting to this for the first time. Oh, no. Full transparency here on Rob's map. is fantastic. Oh, And lovely. here's why. So the actual flag itself is, um, I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite, but it's a tricolour. With white on the bottom, a black bar, and then on top of that, a sort of sky blue bar. It's in a 2-1 um, aspect ratio, just a basic tricolour. Um, but the reason why it's so cool is because they've done it as layers of their terrain. So you've got the bottom, the white is the snow. Mm-hmm. The black is for... The attachment to soil and the homeland and to the forests and the trees and all that stuff. And then the blue is the sky. Yeah. But because they have such a sort of flat land, like all the Baltics are very flat, a lot of the terrain actually does look like the flag. Yeah, so it's a very good, like, it's almost like a good, like, sort of, almost a stylistic depiction of the country in the wintertime. Mm. With like the sky, then you got the black forest and then the white snow. Um, there is that like image that I showed you. It's quite a famous image when you're talking about the Estonian flag, because it honestly just looks just like it, doesn't it? Yeah, very very cool. It's awesome. I'm a big old fan of this flag. Yeah, just imagine if this flag had your other favorite flag element, the Nordic cross. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Imagine if it did have the Nordic cross. Wow. As we said earlier, Scott Estonia wants to be Nordic. So if there have been proposed Nordic cross designs in 2001, politician Karal Toran suggested that the flag could be changed from a tricolour to a Scandinavian-style cross with the same colours. Supporters of, des- of this design claim that the tricolour gives Estonia an image of a post-Soviet or Eastern European country, while a cross design will symbolise the country's links with the Nordic countries. Several Nordic cross designs were already proposed in 1919 when the state flag was officially adopted. Okay, so um, underneath that we've, we've so got Scott, some... The, the top one is a modern reinterpretation, but the bottom three were the ones that were in uh, contention to be the original flag when they chose the tricolour back in 1919. Okay, I'm not surprised they chose the tricolour, because those other three are trash. Oh, well, the bottom trash. Three. What about the top one? The top one, perfect. That's a modern reimagining. Yeah, that one's good. But um, the bottom one, the cross is way, way, way too thick. That looks like it's going to hang a messiah. Um, <laughs> the one above that is with the white cross in the middle. The white cross in the middle just looks stupid. Imagine they're all the same ratio, by the way. This is because I had to pull them from different places and squash them to fit on the page. Yeah, that's all fair. But like the... The one with the sort of like white cross, then black, then blue, that just looks like someone's outlined a plus sign and put it slightly off. I quite like that one. I don't. And the other one's the wrong shade of blue. Yeah, the other one was that, that's the wrong blue. It's weird. Uh, I quite like the that second one. No, that, that, top one, that top one is good. Yeah, the top one is good. I do quite like the other one too. Yeah, it looks good as a Nordic cross. I mean, you, it's hard to go wrong with a Nordic cross unless you're the Kamai Union. Um. 
Still not forgiven him for that. A combination of all those countries and <laughs> all those beautiful flag designs and what a terrible flag they came out with. Um, so is the idea, are they going to change the flag in the future, do you think? There have been calls to it. Like I say, like I don't know how super serious... Um, I haven't really taken the temperature there. Like, I, I haven't spoken to any Estonians. But, it's cold. Knob. Um, <laughs> political temperature. Of whether they, tr- they really want to be Nordic or if it's a bit more like, uh, we feel like we should be on that. But like politicians who talk about it, like we had that proposed name by someone that said it could be called Estland. Uh, we've got people talk about the proposed idea for the flag. Then becoming more like Finland so if they do yeah why not change it um the trouble is you lose that really cool image of like the the landscape in the winter time but then the world would gain a Nordic cross Scott what do you think um I think it'd be a good way for them to re-identify themselves with the Nordic countries as that is what they want yeah so I I think it would be a great loss to see that flag go, that that poor tricolor. Um, Is that the best tricolor? Uh potentially. <laughs> That's so diplomatic, Scott. I would just like call it right now and then like be called out for being a hypocrite. Or... <laughs> I thought this was your favorite. I just the only thing I don't like about the current Estonia flag is the white bottom bar. And the reason why I don't like it, I think it should be slightly grey. Because if you look at snow, it is normally slightly grey, and then you wouldn't have the problem of, I can't actually see where the flag ends. Snow's white. Snow's grey. If you ask someone what colour snow is, they're going to say white. No, but they mean grey. I mean, technically it's transparent, isn't it? It's ice. You've got the picture right there with the snow, and it looks grey. Snow looks grey. But things are like snow, like snow white, Scott. Snow white is not white. It's not like properly white. It's a shade of grey. Yeah, but if you ask people what colour snow is, it's white, and they'll say white. Yeah, but that doesn't. Off white is still considered white. It's not white. People will say it's. Oh my god! I just put snow white, thinking it would come up with a colour. If you if you look into it though, you will not find a single Snow White which is actually white. It's all slightly off white. They should have gone. It all looks white to me. If you ask someone what color snow is, it's white. Yeah, but they wouldn't. If they were picking the color of snow out of like a line, then they wouldn't actually pick white white. They'd pick off white or. What color is snow? The color of snow. Generally, snow and ice presents us with a uniformly white appearance. This is because visible light is white and most of the visible light striking the snow or the ice's surface is reflected back without any particular preference for a single colour. Snow is white, Scott. White, in terms of the, like, white white, actual white, the colour white, is not the same colour as snow colour. Google what colour snow is. I've got it. The, do you know about hex codes for colours? No. Scott, if we proved anything, Anna, we, we don't know what colours are. <laughs> I know how colours are written. Right, so... Uh, where's the thing? Do you know how um, like base 16 numbers work? Where it's got it doesn't matter how they're written on a computer, though. No, 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 no it I'm does. Not, it does. Because white and snow white are different. They're different colours. But, like, if we're talking about, like, scientifically and how light works on it, it just, the light... Uh, no, because you can like see it in the picture! Way. The picture looks different. It doesn't look white. Look at your picture on the show notes. It's not white. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to see it. Because the background of the page is white, and you can clearly see the outline. So yeah, it's but not that could white. be anything. Oh, that picture doesn't even look good quality. That could be anything. You find me a picture of snow where it actually looks fully white. In a landscape. Type snow into Google Images. It's funny, the the background colour of Google Images is white and I'm not seeing anything fading into the background. This is all grey. If you ask someone what colour snow is, they're going to say white, aren't they? Yeah, but like, you could do that with the, the flag. Does this look like grey, Like, if you, if you think of the colour grey, do you think of this or do you think of like 
like metal. You think of the spectrum, but like rocks. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is the Estonian, the actual flag should have a slight grey tint to it in the same way that snow in real life has a slight grey tint to it. Why? It's a, it's like a so that you can see it. Representation. You can't see the edge of the flag. Google document has a white background, but like I don't know if it's hanging in the sky like a flag does. Then you can see it. You think they missed a print? You think they forgot the third colour? Google the Estonian flag. Like, you can see white flags flying in the breeze. You're not like, oh my god, where's the flag gone? No, but do you get what I mean? You've never seen an England an English flag at, like, in, ever in this entire country and been like, yeah, why is that just know. a floating red cross? That's... I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just looks weird, doesn't it? How does it look weird? It just looks like it's been cut off. What? Like, on the page. But look at it flying in the breeze. Yeah, when it's flying in the breeze, fair play, but flags aren't, like, most seen flying in the breeze now. You see flags more on your computer. But they're not usually most seen in Google documents. They're usually most seen as, like, as flags out in the wild. Nah, nah, I see more flags as, as a on a computer screen. Well, yeah, but you can change the background of your computer screen. I generally have dark mode turned on, so... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it, it would be better if it was slightly off-white. That's my, that's my criticism of it. Just slightly off-white. So you can see it. On a plain white background. Are you confused, Scott? Can you see the bottom of that emoji? Yes, I can, because it's on a dark background. But I still think... Then? I think making it off, just slightly off-white, wouldn't impact, wouldn't make it look less good, but it would make it easier. No one says snow grey, Scott, or... No, but snow white isn't white. I'm dreaming of a (laughs) grey Christmas. Because it's snow white, that's like saying that, like, ah, you you know you're being silly. (laughs) You know you're being silly. (laughs) Otherwise, beige isn't white. Beige is white too, it's just a different shade of white. Beige is beige, don't you come at beige. Beige is beige. <laughs> leave beige out of this. It's a white colour. You leave beige out of this, Scott. Beige is its own colour. <laughs> what about cream? Cream is a shade of white. Porcelain's a shade of white. Salt's a shade of white. Hey, Wikipedia says it's white. What? Snow? Yeah. Yeah, because it's off-white. It's not actually white. So this is a shade of white? Yes. Descriptor, white. <laughs> it's not white. It's a shade of white. And then it shows a picture of snow. And then the snow looks white. <laughs> it's not white. It's off-white. How has this happened? <laughs> so this is red again. This is red all over again. Carmine and crimson and... But I don't get how look it do you get the colour white has a particular like like it's defined. It's not wishy washy, it's white not. is white. <laughs> Apparently I don't know what the colour white is. But you get that there's like a perfect white. And if two things that are perfectly white are on top of each other, you can't see them because they're exactly the same colour. Well yeah. If something's the same colour as something else and you can't see it on top of it, no, that's it's got if this if this document was light blue and it wouldn't be able to see the top of the flag. Yeah, 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 but white is used as such a, like, perfect white is used as such a common background colour that not having the bottom I mean, third be perfect white. I'm a dark theme boy. Yeah, you are, but I'm not. I'm just saying it would be vis- more visible on more backgrounds. Well, if it was kind of grey, then it might clash with my dark theme, Scott, and I won't be able to see it. No, because it would be a light grey, wouldn't it? It would be a light, light grey. And your, your, back, your dark mode themes will be dark grey, hence the name... I actually don't even have dark theme on Google Docs. Oh, for f... <laughs> so it isn't dark! So <laughs> no, you can't Google see the bottom of the flag! <laughs> oh dear, right. Pass, pass emoji test. Oh, that's, uh, pass, absolute pass. Is a, oh, actually, we need to look on Emojipedia, don't we? I mainly just look at this for the uh, the Joy Pixels ones. <laughs> this time, Joy Pixel one doesn't look bad, apart from obviously it's a circle. Yeah. Twitter has Twitter's smashed it again. Well, Twitter always. Twitter's best emoji, mate. Um, I I still hate the fact that LG fly the flag the wrong way around. Yeah, it looks good. Passes. 
Yeah, pass, pass, pass. Easy. And what did you say then? Nordic, um, Nordic Cross, that top one's passed. Uh, you would go for a Nordic design. Yeah, I mean, the Nordic Cross ones, uh, the top one would pass, the rest would fail. I mean, actually, no, the, the, the other, the, um, the top two would pass, the other two would fail. I agree. I think you would like the Estonian people, Scott. They're quite, um, they keep themselves to themselves. They don't talk to strangers, you know, they just Good. be. They're just good, quiet people in, 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 in public. Good. Alright, so for the last little segment of today's podcast, Scott, we're going to talk about uh, an Estonian sport. Now, Estonians are actually quite good at the wife-carrying competition that we talked about in Finland's episode. Ah, uh, cool, yeah. But of course they are. the Estonian um, uh, uh, sport that they do is keeking. Keeking is an Estonian extreme sport Made in 1996 by Ardo Kotsks. Where you swing on a large swing standing upright. And you try your best to go a full 360 degrees around the fulcrum. Comes in three sizes. With the shaft heights that, that the, the swings are on. 3 to 4 meters. 4 to 6 meters. 6 to 8 meters. Now I have a little image in here for you to see it. I do have a YouTube link. So if you want to watch what it looks like in motion. No, that's fine. I, I, I get the concept, and it seems terrifying, to be honest. <laughs> you wouldn't catch me dead standing on one of them. Just the fact it can go upside down is enough to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever go at that. Um, I've got a quote here from the creator, uh, Ardo Kosk, if you want to read that out. I've been familiar with swings since I was a child. Where I grew up, there was iron loop-the-loop swings that really impressed me. So I had the idea to build swings like this, and these village swings served as models. Mm-hmm. So there's a long tradition of swings in Estonia dating back to the 19th century, and each village would have a large swing built in a similar style to the ones that there are today and would serve as a meeting point, and there are many of these still around today. Oh, that's cute. So it's very historic as well. Yeah. So what you do is you get strapped in uh, by your arms and your legs. You've known a picture looks like this fella's not got his leg in, but yeah. So you don't fall off. It's actually quite safe, apparently. That's a good workout for your back and thighs. And then you, you get onto the old swing and off you go. And you, you're the, object is, the objective is to just do a full 360, go all the way around, upside down. Okay, so the fact I'm strapped into the thing makes it a lot like I'd be way more likely to try this now yeah like as long as I can't fall or hurt then I'd have a go it looks pretty wild yeah I wouldn't be very happy upside down so if you're doing one that's about 6 meters or something like that let's say that's like at the foot at the top you're about like at least 12 metres off the ground, aren't you? Well, I think, I think that's the one that the guy in the images is on. Because that's about a, a third of the thing, and he looks a bit tall. So imagine, just imagine, like, an 8 metre one. Yeah. Your feet would be 16 metres off the ground. That's mad. That's, like, higher than buildings. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh. Well, a door's 2 metres, so... Um, a two-storey... House is about five point eight meters, so they're going a two-story house above a two-story house. Oh Jesus, that's mad! I would, yeah, I've, I've changed my mind back again. I am not going anywhere near this thing. That's a no. That's a straight no. No, 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 no. So it's down to you. You've got to do it. No, there's no way I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't like it. It reminds me of being like younger, sitting in the park on like one of those like big like bowl-looking swings. Yeah, everyone's made out of rope, and then as soon as you get on it, someone's trying to flip you out of it, aren't they? And they're trying to push you as hard as they can to flip you out. Yeah, funnily enough, I never went on them. I never. I don't know if you noticed, but whenever we went to a park, I never went on those swings <laughs> because I was like, no, this is not what I need in my life. 
<laughs> I would sit on it because I like being pushed on the swing for a bit, and then I was just like, no, like, because oh, you know how it's going to end. Nathan you know let me end. down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just like, Joe, you know I don't actually want to not want to be here, and I know that I'm not going to want to not. I know that I'm going to not want to be here if I get on there, so I'm not going to get on there. 